I'm going to start with a quote here that just, I think, goes really well with the passage today and the Scripture. Um, and the quote reads, Words are potent weapons for all causes, good or bad. Words, like nature, half reveal and half conceal the soul within. Words are so innocent and powerless as they are standing in the dictionary. How potent for good and evil they become in the hands of one who knows how to combine them. Isn't it amazing how, like, it's always intriguing to me just to see how different people put words together and the impact and the effect that those words have. So I titled the message today, The Power of Words. Um, And like I said, it's in James 3, um, first part, verses 1 through 12. So I'm going to go ahead and read the text there if you want to follow along. Starting in verse 1, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a, it is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. I've kind of broken down the message today in um, four different points. And those points are to gauge, to guide, to gird, and to guard. And the first point to gauge um, is in verses 1 and 2. And as we look at that text, we can see that in the Jewish culture at that time, like um, the Jewish people, like it was the Christian people that were in the Jewish culture at that time, it was kind of an elite thing to be a teacher, or like everybody kind of wanted to be a teacher. Um, But James warned them, because I think the reason he warned them is how you're affecting the people you lead and teach with the words you speak. And I just had to think, like, um, we can see that the tongue is a spiritual meter, and our faith will never register higher than our words. But the question is... um, the people that we teach and lead, what effect are we having on them spiritually by the words that we're saying? It becomes a gauge for our maturity. Our faith will never register higher than our words. What we say about others says more about us than it does about... What we say about Joe says more about us than what it says about Joe. 
Um, controlling one's tongue is a key part of exercising self-control in one's whole life. In Ecclesiastes 7.20, it says, Surely there is not a righteous man upon earth that, does not, that doeth good and sinneth not. The second point... I see i am got my slides a little backwards here. The second point to Gurn, um, the tongue is like, the tongue is powerful like a huge fire. It can ruin or bless our entire lives. Satan uses words and speech to divide people and pit them against each other. Before we speak, we should remember that words are like fire. You can't reverse the damage they do. How often have we seen that, like, conversations that people are having and how they pit each other against each other and they're not actually beneficial and fruitful for furthering the kingdom and, and empowering people. And then uh, the third point or sorry, the, the, the final point is to guard the tongue can reveal what sort of wisdom we harbor inside. A good tongue protects our integrity. Is yours a good guard or a bad one? Does it create peace or reveal hypocrisy? We are made in God's image, but the tongue is a constant reminder of our sinful nature. God works to change the, us from the inside out. Um, what do we use? What is our guard that we use? And the Holy Spirit that lives in us, and how does that work for us when we're having conversations with other people um, and the Holy Spirit protects us that we're not offended by when having conversations with others. This morning I thought we would shift it up a little bit and do something different and I've asked Marcus to come up here and help me. I think for me it's always I think that one's on. It's always good to have illustrations um, I'm a visual person, so I can buy into that a little bit more, and it could be real for me. Um, so Marcus and I are just going to have a conversation here. Hey, Wayne. How was your day? I'm doing good, Marcus. Um, it's been a busy day. Mm-hmm. Tell me more. Well, you know, just a lot of, lot of different things going on and a stressful day, and I was having a conversation with different people. And um, you, Did you hear about Joe Miller and what he's doing? Joe? You mean the Joe that I know from up north? Yeah, you know, I think he's just... I've heard so much stuff about him, like hmm. his children are not... Oh. They're not in a good state. His marriage is struggling. Oh, boy. Um, financially, he's not doing good. He's thinking oh. about changing jobs now. Like, I just can't understand changing it. Changing jobs again? Can you believe it? I mean, how many times... How many places has this guy worked? I don't know. It seems like he can't last longer than two, three weeks at a place, and yeah. he's always jumping around. Yeah, does, does he not get it that every time he jumps, he loses money? I mean, you know, can't people understand, like, in a job, like, you have to show up and do your work? Huh. Joe, I just can't believe that about Joe. In his marriage, I did know, I did hear a little bit, like, his wife was not very happy with him. Yeah, I don't know. I heard he was, you know, just messing around and, like, doesn't he understand that, like, 
he's supposed to take care of his wife. Yeah. Like, my marriage is doing pretty good. Yeah. I mean, maybe he should look at my marriage. Yeah. And, and, and does he not get... I wonder if he reads the script. He takes care of his family. doesn't take care of his family. is worse than an infidel. Yeah, you know, yeah. He, if he's just constantly changing jobs, yeah. like, he's not getting a good... Hmm. Not building up an income uh, for him. What happened to people just showing up and doing the work? Yeah. So I guess we got to kind of keep praying for Joe, I guess. And, uh, what else is going on in your day? Well, you know, we've, we're stressed out right now at work. We have a lot of work to do, and we're busy, and, and people just can't do their job. They don't show uh, up. They want to take off early. They want to show up uh, late. No. They want to go to weddings. They want paid vacations <laughs> yeah. and insurance and, like, they, they want everything. The, they want the best of everything without working. Don't they understand, like, you and I, we started at the bottom? Like, we had to work <laughs> yeah. our way up here? The bottom is right. Yeah, we, they want to start where you and I are today without going through all the stuff that we went through. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you. It's I, a I, rough life. I, they want to work three hours in the middle of the day, four days a week, and get paid 40 hours a week. With all the benefits. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, I'm telling you. And, and it's all because this next generation... You're exactly right. So, pause there. We're going to start over. I have to look at Mary about his marriage. So, Wayne, how was your day today? You know, it was a rough day, stressful day, a lot of things going on. But, uh, you know, just a lot of, lot of yeah, a lot of conversations. Um, I talked to a guy earlier today, and he brought up this... I don't know him personally, but he brought up this Joe Miller up north somewhere that's just, I guess he's really struggling in life. Wow. So, uh, so is it the same Joe that I know, the Joe from up north? It is, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Kind I, of changing jobs all the time and just, mm. you know, not really leading like he should lead in his life. Yeah. Well, I actually happen to know Joe, and, and uh, maybe... One of the things that people sometimes don't understand about Joe is that his dad is really struggling with his health, and Joe is the only guy that um, is able to help his dad during this time. I wonder what's going on with Joe that's uh, bigger than we don't... Maybe we don't understand everything about Joe. You know, I don't know all the details. This is just stuff I've heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe what we should do is, next chance I get to talk to Joe, I'm just going to really encourage him and and, and ask him, like, how can we help? And what could we do to help him? Thank you for bringing that up to me, though, because I wouldn't have known if somebody wouldn't have told me. So let's, let's think about how we can help Joe. You know, that's interesting because I think, um, you know, I, I see life and what Joe's doing through my, my lenses and my perspective. And, you know, now that I stop and think about it, like, Joe probably, you know, he was raised in a different circumstance with different teachings than I was. Mm-hmm. And he sees things through different lenses than I do. Um, so I, You know how hard it is? Uh, it's hard sometimes to think about how can I help my family and, and then also have to help with his parents and things like that. So, yeah, that's, uh, thank you for bringing that up. Now, what else has been going on today? How's your Well, work? you know, it's, life is stressful right now with the business and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're limited on how much time we have with the weather to do our work and, People just don't want to show up and do their, their work. That's, that's really hard. They want to take off early. And... Yeah, that's really hard. You know, uh, have you thought about just, like, do, do your employees know, like, the amount of work that you have till, till the cold weather? You know, they have an idea, but, like, 
I don't get it. I mean, when I was young, I showed up and did my work and did my job and went back home and came back the next day and did the same thing again. I know. Like, what happened to that? You worked really hard growing up. I know that. You know, Wayne, I'm I'm wondering, like, I wonder how you're a brave person. I've I've seen you speak to people and bring words of life, but also bring words of boundaries. And I'm wondering what would happen if you just simply tell your employees, like, from now till the time it gets cold, is there any way we could all just kind of engage and, and because we've got all this and, look, I want to treat you well and, and bless them with your words and think about how you're speaking to them. But, I mean, Marcus, you got to understand, I run a business. I don't run a counseling center. Like, yeah. can't they just... Yeah. we got but, things to do. But like, uh, like all of us, there, there's pieces of their lives that you don't understand. They may have parents who are struggling. They may have children who are struggling. I just spoke to a guy this week, and on the surface, the guy has it all together. And when I dug in a little bit, I discovered that his uh, 10-year-old son is really struggling in school, and it's affecting his job. He said, I don't know how to, I, I care deeply about my son. I want to keep my job. And so maybe some of your employees are kind of caught in that, in that space. And could, could you be strong enough, brave enough? I know you. I know you. I've seen it work in your life. I've seen you speak words of life and encouragement, even when it hasn't been optimal. I think you can do this. I think you can bring them on board and help build something here that both is beneficial to you but also blesses their lives. You know, you just reminded me of something that somebody shared with me earlier on in my life, and that was the, uh, they call it the HMU, Hmm. um, help me understand. And if I hear what you're saying, if I actually spend more time with the employees and the team Mm -hmm. and have, you know, intentional conversations, there's probably something going on in their life that I don't understand and that I don't know. Hmm. And Wayne, you're really good at HMUs. You're really good at that. I've seen you do it so often. You're really good at that. Well, I appreciate the, the compliment, and just thank you for like showing this in my life. Thank you, Marcus. Any questions, thoughts? Seemed like a kind of a simple thing, but like I just know for myself is like, how often do we engage really quick in the negative Nancy? And by the way, the the negative Nancy thing was kind of hard for me. Um, I don't know. I'm more of the... I tend to look more of the positive side. Um, and so I really had to work to, like, actually try to throw darts back at Marcus. But I think it's so powerful, not just in everyday conversations that we have, but also just the conversations we have with our kids and the people around us. Like, we don't know, and we have no idea what's going on in that other person's life that makes them do the things they do. Like, if we're just intentional about what's actually going on in their life and build those conversations. And I think it's in Matthew... In Matthew 12, um, starting verse 33, 33 through 37... It says, A tree is identified by its fruits. If a tree is good, its fruits will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, You must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. 
if we would take inventory of what we say and we keep stock of what we say for an entire week, what does that look like? Are we just talking to talk or are we actually speaking words of encouragement into people and building people up? Um, I'm going to end this morning with how many of you are familiar well we had everybody had coffee this morning so this actually goes really good um, with today but how many of you are familiar with the coffee bean story Um, I just heard it recently here again and I thought it kind of ties in with the text today Um, so I'm just going I'm going to read the coffee bean story and at the end um, and he talks about the environment you're put in in this life and how I think it just kind of ties in with the words that you speak. Um, so it starts out, a young girl went to her grandmother and complained how hard life had become for her. She did not know how she was going to make it and wanted to give up. She was tired of fighting and struggling. It seemed that as one problem was solved, a new one arose. Her grandmother took her to the kitchen She filled three pots with water and placed each on the stove. Soon the pots came to a boil. In the first, she placed carrots. In the second, she placed eggs. In the last, she placed ground coffee beans. She let them sit and boil, and without saying a word, in about 20 minutes, she turned off the burners. She she fished the carrots out and placed them in a mug. She pulled the eggs out and placed them in a mug. She then ladled the coffee out and placed it on a mug, in a mug. Turning to her granddaughter, she asked, Tell me what you see. Carrots, eggs, and coffee, the young girl replied. The grandmother brought her closer and asked her to feel the carrots. She did and noticed they were soft. She then asked her to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, she asked her to sip the coffee. The granddaughter smiled as she smelled its rich aroma and tasted its rich flavor. The granddaughter then asked, What does it mean, grandmother? Her grandmother explained that each of these objects had faced the same adversity, boiling water, but each reacted differently. The carrot went in strong, hard, and unrelenting. However, after being subjected to the boiling water, it softened and became weak. The egg had been fragile. Its thin outer shell had protected its liquid interior. But after sitting through the boiling water, it became hardened inside. The ground coffee beans were unique, however. They were in the boiling water. After they were in the boiling water, they had changed the water. Which are you, the grandmother asked her granddaughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? I just had to think, when we're having conversations through daily life and somebody comes up, and has a story about Joe, how are we responding? Are we buying into that? Are we feeding along with that? Or are we actually being intentional about turning the conversation, as Marcus did, and helping that person understand it? Are you a carrot, an egg, or a coffee bean? Think of this. Which am I? Am I the carrot that seems strong, but with pain and adversity, do I wilt, become soft, and lose my strength? Am I the egg that starts with a malleable heart but changes with the heat? Did I have a fluid spirit, but after hardship, a breakup, or some harsh criticism, does my shell look the same yet on the inside? Am I bitter with a stiff stiff spirit, 
and a hardened heart? Or am I like the coffee bean? The bean actually changes the hot water, the very circumstances that bring the pain. When the water gets hot, it releases the bean's fragrance and flavor. If you are like the bean, when things are at their worst, do you get better and change the situation around you? When the hours are darkest and the trials are at their hottest, do you elevate to another level? And then it continues, this is the part I love the most. When the coffee bean was introduced to the hot water, both changed. The coffee bean clearly changed the boiling water. It got flavorful and smelled marvelous. It actually provided a purpose. Tens of millions of people enjoy it each day. In all honesty, however, the water changed the coffee grounds as well. The beans became more useful. Adversity will change us, but it can change us for the better if we choose the right response with the right words. What do you do and what words do you speak when you get into hot water? And I just had to think, every day we're in hot water because we have all these conversations. I can't control the initial conversation that somebody has with me, but I can control the feedback that I give to them. And do I buy into that? Or do I actually have a fruitful, empowering conversation with my words that might help them change their perspective? So I just encourage you to speak words of life and encouragement as you go through this week. And I just had to think, um, I had a conversation this week with a guy that locally there was some road construction going on, and he was parked waiting for a light to change colors. And as he was waiting, this motorcycle sped past him, and he just took off. And he said instantly in his mind, he thought, you idiot. Like, don't you see the, right, the light's red? But he said, then I had to stop and ask myself, I have no idea what that person is facing. There might be somebody being rushed to the hospital. You know, his wife might be going to the hospital having a baby. Like, he has no idea, but yet he prejudged really quick. And his first thought was, you idiot. But he had to stop himself and say, you know what? I'm judging. I have no idea. So, speak words of life. With that, um, I invite you to stand.